Right. Oh, let's take a nap. Okay, so here's no, my other thing. Yeah, what's your other topic? I can skip the sunflowers because that's not that exciting. No, you but I just keep do I really love the whole broken sunflower thing. It makes me very happy. Um the other thing is I was weeding over here today. I keep feeling like speaking of beating people up who are living a normal Christian life and doing normal Christian things. Um so like if weeding is weeding sin, repentance, confession, all of that stuff. I have heard, you know, I mean, like, sometimes it's easy to get weary of pulling the same weed kind of thing. But this morning, as I was waiting through over there, I was thinking about the fact that, like, different weeds have different patterns of root problems, right? I mean, like, their roots do different things. So you have, like, the grass, canary grass, that's like a weed here, and then a really strong root that runs sideways and pops another one up over here, but far, far away. But, like, it's still connected to the same root. And then you have dandelions, which, if you don't get the whole root, pop up 86 more dandelion plants from the root top. Do you know dandelions? Are you a weeder? Do you know weeds? I know nothing about... This is the other thing. When I had to listen to part of that last one, I was like, wow, I'm really a brilliant contributor to this topic because I'm like... Cool. That is, I love that. Like, I love that idea, but I'm like, I don't know about this. But also, I don't know about these things. Okay, that's uh, fine. But I will say that Cal and Hallie are the kind, they are dandelions in the other way of if you do not get that taken care of before the fluff is there, everybody is covered by their sin. Uh-huh. Cal in particular, where you are way more of the deep root, the random, grass. unconnected uh-huh. problems that you're like, what, what are you even doing? Here? What is this? And when then you really realize they're connected. just ask for a hug, give it all Yes, totally. Yes, right. it's like, ah, that's yeah. a weird problem. Well, and yeah, yeah. so with a dandelion root, they're super deep. They're super hard to get out. And even if you're working really hard at being faithful, it's still easy to pop them off without getting the whole root. Right, and right. I feel like a lot of times Christian confession and repentance is like, you didn't go far enough. You didn't go deep enough. You didn't, you know, you're not getting the root of that sin. Mm-hmm. And that like regular work of confessing sin means that the Lord is faithful when you break off the root. You don't have to panic about it. You don't have to stand over the hole trying to dig harder. Yeah, yeah. You don't, I mean, like, if Especially you can't get it. Parent. Yeah, if you yep. can get it, great. But, like, if you can't get it, God will shoot up more things and you can go deeper and you can get it. Because today, as I was weeding, this is a summer where we have had many people who have faithfully and hard weeded that spot. So the dandelions are not there because... Well, nobody cares about this anyway. No, I mean, somebody just pulled the leaves off. They didn't even try. That's not true. Like, a lot of people really tried hard. And so I got a lot of dandelions that had big chunks of old root. You know, so as you pull it, you're like, okay, there's another chunk of the root. And I still missed some of it. Like, I see it broke off. So there's something else under there. But, like, I don't need to panic that you actually do get to trust the Lord that he's the one that will keep shooting things up. So pay attention. Go back after it. But, like... I don't know. I guess I was being struck by the fact that there are a lot of Christian. I don't know. It seems like there is some Christian teaching that is like, you should have tried harder to go after the root instead of just being faithful to go after what you see, get as yep. much of the root as you can and be confident that the Lord is going to keep going. With yeah. It. I, I totally have had, um, actually, no, I'm thinking, should we, <laughs> have we begun pot? I think that we did. Okay. I think we do. We should we start over or should we just did you? It's start going. That? Oh yeah, let's and go I because like, I was like, did I get too detailed about that? Yeah, well, well, I, I should like, say that. that. I shouldn't say this until we're actually okay. Let's podcast. Welcome guys. to the podcast. Hello. 
I think that you still have to talk about the sunflower. Okay. But I'll, I'll start it where, yes. With the weeds. Yes. Because, okay. Because that as a mom is a big, well, actually, I guess for myself also, that's where like the stupid introspection problems come from. Yep. But I tend to be like, if there is a manifestation of a root, I, I am a rat terrier and I'm like, mm-hmm. let us dig until we find the very bottom of this. And sometimes that's not actually the right thing to do. Sometimes it's damaging to the kid. Sometimes it's just the wrong time. Yep. Like it's like, this is actually, this would be really disruptive to everything else. Yep. Like there's other stuff to deal with. Yep. Yeah. And so you, you being content with what, um, the parts God is letting you get to and then taking advantage also of the weird times where it's like, oh, something has already dug up a bunch of this dirt. I should now, I really should get in there and go the whole way, see if we can figure out where the where root else this actually is. ends. Yeah. yeah. That is hard. Oh, yeah. No. Uh, also, Layla is with us. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> that was we, kind of a funny start. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was. This, like, this is definitely the most woo start. Um, <laughs> two of my favorite podcasts, though, that's how they start, is just in the middle of... Right. Yeah, and you're like... Okay, well, there you go. We're just in the middle of it. Right. Uh, Maggie's also here, but she's not. She, we did not rope her into being a guest. She's just sitting here. Maggie walked in I just burger. crashed it. Yeah, yeah. she's crashing. Yeah. But Layla, we saw her and we're like, hey, want to be a guest? Be a guest <laughs> on our podcast today. You're a very popular guest. Oh, you are. Thanks. Yeah. We like you. Um, okay, so yeah. then tell us, tell us your other... Um, okay. Well, I'm having a lot of spiritual applications in my yard. So this summer we've done a lot of yard work, um, because there was a lovely wedding here last weekend. Was it last weekend? Mm -hmm. It's so weird. Eight days later, right? Forever ago. So we've done a ton of yard work, which has been so much fun and is beautiful. And also there are just so many dang spiritual applications in all the things. So today I was watering the sunflowers, which when we post our last episode i think it was like a lot about my sunflowers because i'm feeling very spiritual about them this year um because when we planted them they were teeny and the trauma of transplanting (laughs) caused them all to be like sad and wilty and you know we were planting them in faith so now most of them are beautiful some of them didn't make it um but it's so funny i have two that the dogs ran into and broke at the base so like And even when I saw them as little teeny pencil stubs, you know, broken off, I was like, oh, that's lame. And I don't know if I didn't get to them because I was being lazy or because I thought maybe that they would do something. So I kept watering them. And at this point, they are two crazy flourishing plants that are broken at the base, run about a foot (laughs) on the ground, and then have launched up this glorious sunflower plant. And I keep, so I was watering them this morning, thinking a lot about, watering the people in your life you know i mean just as these are plants that are growing the lord is doing the growing but we are watering and thinking about the fact that there are some people who you know when they're transplanted when they go through whatever kind of trauma or difficulty whether it is just circumstances that have happened to them or sin of their own doing that has caused really hard problems Some people, after confession and repentance and getting going the right way, spring back up and launch forward and, you know, toward the end of the summer, you don't even know that sunflower ever was sad. Um, And there are some people who are broken enough that it leaves a really significant mark. Um, But with faithfulness, 
still look like a glorious sunflower. I mean, like with, if you take that kind of bad that really breaks the stem, like there was really bad things that happened there, but with faithfulness and the Lord's growth, it turns into a sunflower that you're like, no, I could totally pick that and put it in a vase. Like that is part of God's kingdom. Um, And so I was really enjoying my two broken sunflowers today. A lot. No, I love that because it, it it's tempting to, um, well, I feel like even sometimes when you are talking to a person, and then, like you're you're helping with just some like normal problems, like not not a big deal kind of problems, and then in the course of talking, you start to realize you're like, because <laughs> a lot of times people that have been through really 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 difficult things and are. Um, have either just gotten caught up with the right kinds of people like that kind of got them out of it they are not even actually aware of how bad some of the things are that have happened Mm -hmm. to them so they kind of tell them to you in um like a matter of fact way yeah and like only parts of it where Mm -hmm. you're like wait a second like what what's happening Mm -hmm. um (laughs) what where when was this in your life back up let me yeah let me ask some questions it's easy to get really uh scared I think mm-hmm. for them because you're like did you know that your stem is broken at the base like right. did you know that that should not have happened like that's really bad are you okay and to not uh that doesn't actually help at mm-hmm. all to like freak out and be pointing to the broken base like it it is good to um immediately be thanking God and even even sometimes you do have to tell somebody you know that's actually really bad like that is not that that is a very difficult thing that it looks like God is already very much bringing you through and will continue to bring you through. Um, but to not do it in a panicky way, but yes. just to recognize God actually can grow you from yep. a completely broken stem and whatever. And it might be a weird setup that, that needs a different kind of, see, this is where my gardening stuff runs out. I'm, Cause I'm like, you wouldn't move a sunflower to a pot. But whatever. Let's say you had to. You might have to get a wider <laughs> pot for the broken part of the stem, but that's yeah. okay. It's like that's this is no, how God is doing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's that drawing straight, straight lines crooked, with crooked lines. sticks. That well, that yeah. yeah. And I remember I mean it was a number of years ago in youth ministry. Uh and it was Mo who gave me the analogy, but that there are some people who have there's a tiny little there are a tiny little struggling plant in the crack of the Walmart parking lot. And there's old beater, broken down RVs all around them. And that little tiny plant has life and it has flowers on it or, you know, it's a tiny little tomato plant. It's got some buds and it's even like pushing out a little fruit. And that is something to rejoice in. And that is something to encourage. And even that amount of fruit and faithfulness in that tiny plant who was planted and growing in really inhospitable conditions is glorious and for to be encouraged by that when you're around those kind of plants, but mm-hmm. also in working with students who sometimes come around those kind of plants. And those students have been planted in super fertile yep. compost that's been watered and pruned and cared for. And they're growing and, they, and they're you know, big and flourishing, hopefully. And they look at that tiny plant and they can be critical of it to just remind them, hey, mm-hmm. like any life coming from the Walmart parking lot crack. Yeah. Rejoice in. Right. Encourage. Like... Um, we aren't all given the same starts and that that little bit of fruit is glorious in that person. And like, they could still thrive and maybe they get to be transplanted into a flourishing garden. But, um, that was encouraging to me. Funnest is when somebody that really was in a crack in a Walmart parking lot who that, you know, 
because lots of times those people, as they grow, they become aware. It's kind of cramped. Like, I don't fit here. And you're like, mm-hmm. keep growing, keep growing. And then when God, we've seen a few girls where when they get married are transplanted to like really good soil and they just grow like crazy. Mm-hmm. And you're like, that is awesome that, um, that, oh, are we waking the babies up? Yeah, they're fine. <laughs> they're snapping twins. Um, but it's awesome to see that because it is genuine real growth, even though it's restricted yeah. in that container. Um, and, you know, praying, because we've had girls tell you where we're like, this is, this is, this is a difficult circumstance you're in. You just need to keep being faithful and God will hopefully be moving you somewhere um, with more potential for your roots to spread. It is fun watching that though when mm-hmm. that happens. Yeah. Well, and I think so much of it too is, okay, this might be a weird jump, but like, is it a, is it a little plant that is flourishing and growing or is it a big established plant that's starting to wilt mm-hmm. and go the other direction? You know, because I think, I remember listening to, I think it was either an article or a podcast one time, and they were talking about Christians and tattoos and maybe modesty. I don't know. I feel like there were a couple of like hot button issues that were wrapped up in this conversation about Christian girls. And they came out hard with, you know, I can't remember. Oh, I bet it was that one where that lady said that Christian men... Uh, wanted wives who were virgins, didn't have tattoos, and weren't in debt. Yes. Is that the one? I think I was listening to something that was... uh, I think I was (laughs) listening to something that was about that. So I'll use tattoos as the point of discussion. Yeah. Um, it's going to get controversial. Sorry, guys. I know. And if you have a tattoo, I'm sorry. But this is is where that conversation went. Um, That if you... Some of it was which way are you going? Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, like yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, when you totally. look at a plant, yep. Yep. which way is it going? Because yep. if you came from sex, drugs, and rock and roll with all the tattoos and yep. all the you no, know, you could have a face tattoo that said "I love Satan," and you and could be, be saved, super godly. Yeah, right. You could be saved and moving to more godly, and you're still going to have. I mean, you're going to be a Christian with tattoos. Yep. Yep. But is that different than someone who grew up with all the benefits of a faithful family mm-hmm. and all the benefits of a Christian culture who's running to the world and trying to look like them? You yeah. know, that like at some point they're going to meet on the road having both of those ladies will meet on the road, both being Christian women with tattoos. But yeah, like, right, right. which at way the are they place. walking yeah. on the road kind totally. of thing? I feel like the plants are a little bit the same way. You can totally have a little skeezy plant that has been saved by the Lord and is growing. Mm -hmm. And you can also have a big flourishing tree that is wilting and dying because something is, you know, it's not getting water. Weeds are choking it out, whatever. Um, Anyway. I do want to say one thing about, because we did say tattoos. This may be a meandering podcast. Because also, did you tell me the second idea? No, I didn't. It's going to surprise you. So she, she knows what's coming, but, um, with the tattoos, there's, I I will say this because I do know there are a lot of people with tattoos. So I, in fact, my oldest daughter is married to somebody with (gasps) tattoos. Um, I've seen them. I know. Yep. Uh, also, (laughs) I don't think I've said it on here. There's a group 
Actually, I think there's just one. One girl who was in our high school small group at one point when Sean came. I don't remember why he came, but it was like a Q&A. And one of the girls was like, do you have any tattoos? And Sean totally laughed. And she was like, no, I'm being serious. Do you have any tattoos? And he was like, yeah. And she was like, where are they? What are they? He's like, I'm not going to tell you. And did he say yeah or did he just let her... Assume, yeah. yeah I, I feel like he let her assume. Did he just let her assume? I think okay. so. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, she. I'm pretty sure still to this day, she is sure that Sean has tattoos somewhere that he is not telling her like what they are. Like a tramp stamp? Uh, yeah. That's, <laughs> that would be perfect. That, that was one of the leading rumors about the youth ministry was that. <laughs> yes, because then I did hear it as a rumor yes. back to me and I was like. Wow. No, he, he, I feel like I'm ruining it for, if she's listening, she's going to know now. Sorry. No tattoos. No, no tattoos. Uh, doesn't have a lot of scars, but no tattoos. The, uh, there's also, so obviously I know there are Christians whose conviction is tattoos are an excellent pastime for Christians, which I'm not arguing with you about that right now. I don't want to talk about that. If you have a tattoo that you got as a believer, but now you're kind of like, I don't know if that was a good idea. There, I think there are a zillion Christians who are either in that position or are about to be in that position because as, so I believe that as you're growing more and more, you're going to be like, especially if you read the story by Flannery O'Connor, Parker's oh, back, you're going to be like, oh wait, I think that my baptism is my tattoo. I don't think I need another one. Um, there's also no shame in having marks of less, like the time you were less mature or well, had through it or whatever. Like the broken sunflower stem. Yep. There are marks of former lives, but yep, like, totally. can God save you from all of it? Yeah. Yes. And you might and even end you up. you got it when you were already saved, but totally. you hadn't figured that out yet. Like Absolutely. Because yep, totally. he it's keeps no growing deal. you. I have yep. plenty of marks of things that happened while I was saved that were my own sin that were dumb. Yeah. And yep. I was a Christian. I mean, I I fully know that I was a Christian. I just was a dumber Christian than I am now. Yes. <laughs> like, praise well, God, he's kept growing me. Yeah. And we consistently, because I love analogies. So like we try and raise up our daughters to be like, okay, God has gifted you with this amazing body. And it really is amazing. The things that can do, he gave you a tiny little army inside of you that fights diseases. It's phenomenal. Um, it's broken, but your job, I think particularly as a young woman, you know, you, your, your body and the way he has made you physically is like a beautiful painting that it's like a masterpiece that you would see in just on a canvas. And as I know, Mr. Light would say, um, one of your jobs as you grow maturity, maturity is to figure out how do you frame that well. So as a, as a young woman, it's like, okay, part of your frame is how you dress. It could be your makeup. It could be your hair. All of the things that go into that is how you frame something. And as we all know, frames can totally set off beauty. The painting is still beautiful. Like the frame doesn't change that. But, or you could have a horrific frame. And we, I've seen art ruined by terrible frames. So my dad is yelling, amen. Yes. Hi, <laughs> Mr. Light. Yeah. So, and we always use Mr. Light as an example because he's, I mean, the things you can learn about frames from him is amazing. But, and I do feel like then there are ways that you've gone along as a young person even, and been like, I think this part of the frame is a fantastic idea. And then as you grow, you're like, hmm, that actually did not lend beauty. Or that was a garish part of the frame that should be perhaps removed. And so always having that conversation with our girls of like, well, what do you think frames what enhances your beauty the most and what are the things that are allowing you to bring the most stewardship and beauty um, to you? Because hopefully that spills out into their homes, into their families, um, even how they sort of ennoble their husbands. But it, it's tricky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. And yeah, cause this is one that we have gotten asked a few times when 
when we see like at church, because I don't care what other, whatever. I don't, we're not like looking at a bunch of people, but if it's people who are right (laughs) close with us, you know, um, if we see people with tattoos or we learn this person has a tattoo, we are never like, I can't believe it. You are marked forever as the, well, I mean, you are, but we, we, (laughs) unless you're going to get laser removal or whatever, but we are not You're still marked forever because then it's like a scar. That is also true. Right. Yeah. But there's nothing. We have You're no any spiritually marked forever. No, like, it doesn't that even, is a body totally. that has a mark. And at the same time as being completely fine, because when, when you and Taylor were dating, somebody did ask me, you know, are you guys okay? You know he has tattoos, which I also felt like I think they thought they were telling me he had tattoos. Like, I didn't know, but... Uh, really, that large tattoo? Never mind. Because <laughs> it wasn't clear. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, why would we care about that? That's like, that. that's just like, sure. No, no, we don't mind. And at the same time, if somebody comes for counsel on, should I go get a tattoo? We're pretty strong on the like, nope, you probably shouldn't. You should really not do that. Think about this a lot more. Come up with... Some kind of you're gonna to need to have a really established theology of tattoos, be, which which we haven't run across one that would make us think it's excited a good idea. about that. But um, you can have both things. You can have a a strong belief about what is ideal without having any criticism of people who are in front of you who have made a different choice at some point. And I think that's a because whenever you get into these the specifics like this, people get it's very easy to get funny about it in a lot of directions. Well, and it's also, I don't know, I guess I'm feeling like the more I'm watching the world in front of us, the more I think, can anybody think outside of a category of two things? Like, I mean, obviously, you know, yes, you either have tattoos or you don't. I mean, those are the only two options on your body, but like, who are you? What was going on when you were, yeah, were right. getting tattoos? What is the story? Right. What happened? Like, no, what is your thing? There's probably a whole thing that goes with it. Yeah. Like, and so, you know, getting to know people on that front, yeah. you know, is, is where, whether you have tattoos or what, because I mean, yeah. are there people who are self-righteously proud of their skin with no tattoos? Yeah. I'm sure in sinful ways, you know yeah, I mean? Like yeah, whatever yeah. the, oh, the yeah. binary no, there are. Yeah. of like, Tattoos or no tattoos is not really the thing. What you're looking for is, okay, person yeah. in front of me, what is your story? What is your... No, that's because you know. even I, I have a friend. I don't think she listens. I'm not going to say her name, but she... I don't think she listens to the podcast, but actually maybe I'll send this to her because she <laughs> she was somebody where she... I hadn't seen her in a while. And then when I saw her, she had a Bible verse tattooed on her wrist Um and she was so eager to show it to me. Um, and it was because I think she became a Christian in that time where I didn't see her. But she'd gone through some very bad times. Bad with self-harm is bad. And the tattoo was there with the scars. Mm. Um, and I have never been so happy about somebody getting a tattoo. You know, where you're like, this, because this is the whole thing. Do I think a tattoo is a wise choice? No. Do I think she made that choice at that time from wisdom that she was gaining? I do, actually. I think Mm -hmm. that that was a... She was identifying herself with Christ in a new way and knew it needed to be significant. And so with what she had, she was like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to get a tattoo. I'm going to put the Bible on my wrist where I can never get away from it. 
um, even with the reminders of bad, foolish, hopeless decisions. Um, it, it was very striking to me because it made me tear up when I saw it of like, I love that you put that there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, then immediately praying that she will feel that there is something so much more permanent than a tattoo, so mm-hmm. much bigger, that God is actually the one that is holding you. You don't have to have it. Um, you don't have to get it written on your wrist. Mm-hmm. He is the one that's never going to let go of you. Like, he can't drop you. He has you. So, Well, anyway, and I think that's, that's what's wrong. so remarkable about Parker's Back by Flannery O'Connor is that it, and I will admit I didn't like Flannery O'Connor because I was taught her oh, by crazy crazy professors at university but then i met and she is very well well that's true <laughs> i think upsetting. i think any any sort of comfortable christian who comes in contact with flannery o'connor is going to be very startled it's like touching an electric fence in wet grass with birkenstocks on where you're like whoa <laughs> what is that I have um, never done that. And some of them, like uh, good country people or a good man is hard to find. I would not start with those, but those, those are particularly hot. Um, what's, what's the one with the kid? I can't remember. There's one. Oh, the one where the kid, well, spoilers, hangs himself. Yeah, don't start with so that one either. Upsetting. You're like, this is so not okay. But yeah. she's phenomenally gifted. And I think Parker's back captures that sense of here's someone who desperately knows. Well, at first he doesn't realize it, but oh, comes right. to, that is what he's doing. Yeah. Comes to the yeah. realization that he needs actual true transformation. Right. And and the and you actually, through storytelling, see the Lord doing it in him and through a lot of symbolism. But then he goes, well, again, spoiler alert, you'll have to yeah. read all of it, but starts trying to get tattooed in order to re- in order to show externally what that change is and to seek that restoration when it's actually all happened internally. And I think that is one thing that that story is really good at showing. So anyone who thinks What's it called? they should get Parker's back. Yeah. Like Parker's back. Yeah. It's like his so, back. Okay. It's so like it is, that is the thing because I, to me really before I read that, even though I'd heard people talking about baptism as more than just like a public like I'm a Christian. I was still kind of like, but isn't that really all that it is? But reading that story totally made me see that it was <laughs> uh, so much more that, that actual things that we don't comprehend that, that are so much bigger than you are happening in that act of obedience. Mm-hmm. It's not just like a random check of obedience. It is God is actually marking you as his own in the world and it's very like whoa it made me but and also that is the the story that turned because i used to be tattoo agnostic because i'm very like whatever people can do whatever they want like i'm not into micromanaging people about whatever so i was like well who cares i guess i don't want to get a tattoo but sure whatever but that that story did make me go also, weirdly, I'm not tattoo agnostic anymore. I have a very strong opinion mm-hmm. on it at, from reading one story. I thought that was, like, weird and because it's just a short story, too. It's right. not even long, but, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I well, don't know anything about Flannery O'Connor, but I've heard this. I've heard you talk about this before, and so it makes me want to go find that book. I just looked yeah. it up on Amazon. Yeah. I bookmarked it. Yeah. We have one you can borrow it if you want. Okay. It's, some of the stories really are very upsetting. But I feel like we need like an annotated Flannery O'Connor, like most least upsetting. I know to most they upsetting. should. They should actually <laughs> organize them that way to like ease you in. Because sometimes is she generally like what is the what is Thank the basis? Would like it. 
Oh, oh yeah, no, I bet she would. Yeah. Love Flannery. Yeah. What oh, is it? You know okay. all the genre names. Uh, it's like, I mean, she's a gothic. southern writer. Okay. Uh, so early mid nineteen hundreds. Um, she would be considered. I mean, she ha- so she wrote a novel, uh, but she's best known for her short story writing, and I think she would be considered like modern Americana. Okay. Uh, she's Catholic. She was Catholic. Um, she, I believe, her great passion though is to show. It's to basically strip the hypocrisy and the false Christianity, mm-hmm. especially from sort of the southern veneer of good people, mm-hmm. and actually get to the heart of, I would say, awful grace mm-hmm. and um, terrifying holiness, mm-hmm. and get to really the the spots where um, the positive and negative parts of electricity really spark and get dangerous because oh, okay. she. And I, I think she is genuine. I think she actually is truly going after some big things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and, and shakes you up in the right way that, okay. um, I, she's often taught as a feminist writer. I don't think that's true. I think they're missing what she's actually oh, that's doing. Interesting. Yeah. Um, because, well, because most of the time I was taught her by non-Christians, so mm-hmm. they would not have seen the true Christian stuff she's doing. They would sure. have seen sort of a weird angle on it. So um, but I think she's really valuable for that. And and she's valuable even um, if you feel like a really good shock and you want to read A Good Man is Hard to Find. I am con- I'm continually amazed by how many Christians, because uh, I've taught it before at Northwest University uh, in an English 101 class, how, how often they miss what the point is. I'm like, what is the title? <laughs> and just the idea of what true masculinity is mm. in that story. But it's so in your face and takes your breath away what she's doing with um, false masculinity that I think people don't want to look at it because it's really abrasive. Oh. Well, and true. she's like, she is the destructor of all church lady. Oh, so oh, bad. For, like every variety of church lady you could be. She she's pokes an eye. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, it's not a, it's no, like take real. out both your eyes. Yeah. I mean, it is. Stab you throttle, jugular. It is any kind of self-righteousness. Yeah. She is like well it's, it's like it, the that quote about grace messes up your hair did doug wilson say that where's that from i don't know but don't she know. is grace doesn't mess up your hair grace you know rips you apart like yeah, yeah mm-hmm. makes you a like, whole new person yeah i one of my favorite illustrations is eustace with the dragon skin yeah, yeah. because it is that kind of you know it's the grace that is peeling off your yeah. dried crusty dragon it's skin it's, and it's, it's horrifying violent. and yeah. painful yeah and so sweet yeah but like i do feel like sometimes we miss that angle oh, on yeah, it where right. like no, it's, it hurts. And it, yeah. we were talking about this in terms of pruning the other day. Um, you know, where, when God's pruning things off of you, he's cutting them out. Like yeah. that doesn't feel really super lovely. Like, Oh, that's yeah. no big deal. Just not a thing. But well, like, and no. Flannery feels like a pruner. I mean, she's just, she's got a big sure. old, yeah, she's a I don't know if there's a lot of like flourishing rose bushes on the other side. <laughs> yeah. Anti-precious moments. It's like yes. it's the it's oh. nothing. With, there are no precious moments. With creative word, like really good word yeah. um, skills. Okay. Yeah. Well, because because that's the thing is I kept reading even the stories where I was like where I could tell oh no I I can see where she's going and you're like but also I'm still reading even though it's going to be so upsetting. 
Yeah. But like I need I need more Flannery because my tendency is towards precious moments and and I know that about myself. Like I want to land there sentimentally. And so I need sometimes that to be like, no, I live in a dangerous world. I serve a mighty and dangerous and awesome God. And he he will write stories like this. She is not playing out of bounds. And some of the stories she writes are startling, but it is not out of bounds of reality at all. And I'm like, I think you do have to come face to face with the fact that you serve a God that writes some scary stories. And he will bring scary things into your own life. And I think she's really good for preparing you for that. Ladies, in God's kind providence, we've landed on the second topic. <laughs> nice. Do you know what the second topic was? Precious moments? Don't be too precious about stuff. Oh, for <laughs> Okay, for real. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, and I will tell you why. So I was thinking about last precious week. moments a lot this past week, so yeah. Well, because last week, Maggie's wedding was here. And there were a lot of people all up in it all week. Yeah. And one of the things that I personally really enjoyed was actually the wedding day and how many people were in my house all day in varying capacities and all on top of each other. So, well, you had let me all the way back in to your bedroom and bathroom because it's like super air conditioned. Yeah. And I many times was back there thinking, I'm very thankful that I'm allowed all the way back in here, all up in your stuff. <laughs> okay, well, here's what's super not precious moments. Yes. <laughs> At, I don't know, sometime in the afternoon of the day, Becca came out to me in the gravel like I'm out in my driveway and Becca came out and she was like hey I was just in your underwear drawer and I was like oh okay what did you need and she's like I wasn't why did you think I was in your underwear drawer so speaking of that I was particularly impressed I think you as the mother of the bride and you as the bride did a great job of not being too precious that day about things like it is easy to write the day of your wedding as the day where you have crafted who is going to touch the train of my dress who yeah. is going to be allowed oh, gonna get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah maggie spent her, in bu- her entire bustle time with a dead fly in the top layer of the bustle, which i was like that That's seems funny. very good yeah like, it was great. that's far more flannery than precious moments <laughs> yes yeah. dead fly in the dress yeah and so the whole day what i really enjoyed all day was just nobody was so precious about things to be pushing everybody away and like don't come here i'm trying to have a special moment don't come here i'm trying to be sentimental on purpose in the right way about a thing here and you're getting in the way it was not at all like that it was way open-handed and hospitable for tons of people in tons of different directions um and i was thinking about the fact that there is a temptation as ladies at high times you know of like changing seasons a wedding being one of them to like really start writing the story preciously. Oh like, yeah, yeah. I'm having a sweet time. So I need much. to, I need it to look like this. I need when, you know, my husband takes me on a date, I expect it to be like this. I want these kind of flowers, you know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so I was going to ask you and Maggie, since you're here, I'm going to ask you too. Look, she is on the yeah, podcast. Two, it's for yes. real. I love it. Um, Last time I was on the podcast was also with Layla. Right? Yeah, I So know. here we are, all back again, after the wedding. Hauling off. Yeah, hauling off. So my question is, 
How did that go as you were fighting the temptation? Because I'm assuming that you actually had temptations to be <laughs> precious about things and lay them down. Because I actually don't think that, I don't think that that is not a temptation. I mean, I'm oh, assuming even yeah. for people who know that that is a trap. Yeah. You okay. know you need no, to be watching out for it. This was the thing for me. Actually, this was all through all the wedding prep and even Maggie and Taylor's, just their relationship in general. Because Maggie, as most of you or all of you know, is not 35. And, no, you I'm know, half that. Wow, you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Solid. Wait. I'm, I'm a little just about. over half. Yeah. Okay, that is upsetting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. You have half your life again and you're only going to be 36. Yeah, that is. <laughs> also, I don't feel like most of the other 18 year olds I come in contact with. Just like random ones out in the wild. No, I'm like, I don't think we're the same age. But because, you know, we had not been sitting around thinking, Sean and I were not having a lot of conversations about like, man, when is Maggie going to leave? We're tired of this. Like we, we have, we very much delight in her as a daughter and we've had a lot of adjustments into like this because it's, it was obviously what was right. And we're so excited about it and so excited that she is now Maggie Rothenberger. Still freaks me out, but totally excited about it. <laughs> but in a good way. So it's like all the things that you want. And I am not an overly sentimental, emotional person. My, like I very much, like if I start having too many strong feelings, I will very often put in Weird Al just to not have that. Be Head happening. it off at the past. Right. I don't want it. I don't like, I don't enjoy that. I don't enjoy those kinds of things very much. So, so being not not easily like that i was very surprised how many opportunities i that were like right in my face of i could become the biggest butt because of a feeling i'm having to everyone and ruin this moment this day whatever not just during the wedding all up until where you're like this is why people get into screaming matches about napkin color or whatever because they their feelings got hurt about something right before the napkins or something connected to the napkins or whatever and they are feeling abandoned alone not seen whatever all of these chances to be like that and definitely the wedding day had lots of times where you're like wow I could really be terrible right now I had one actually this one I can totally tell on the podcast um where Unless it's too long. I'll try to tell it fast. The, where it's, it's, yeah, maybe it's too long. Is it too long? No, it's not too long. Yeah, Yeah, it's not too long. So, yep. (laughs) Now I've wasted all this Mm -hmm. time saying, is it too long? Uh, But we had to speed up. So when they're seating all of the grandparents, it took longer than we had thought because we didn't rehearse the actual seating of the grandparents. So when you're trying to walk grandmothers across a very lumpy field to a seat down a kind of long aisle it actually takes a long time so midway through um Aisha who was our day of coordinator lady she was like okay we're gonna move you guys up when it's your turn you're gonna go up to the edge of the grass and you're gonna wait there for your escort to come back and get you and that way it'll make it faster we're like awesome idea so then it comes my turn so she sends me down to the edge of the grass and as I'm coming down there I start thinking I wonder if I'm gonna get emotional because when we had practiced Cal had seated me a couple times and I had to not not cried, but it had tears come to my eyes because it's weird because he's also like six foot two and he's turning into a man and you're like, oh, it's my daughter's wedding. So I was like, oh, I wonder if I'm going to get emotional. 
I hope I'm not going to get emotional, but I feel like I could get emotional. So I'm like thinking this as I'm walking down. But then I realized that there are two people uh, coming who are newer. One of them is newer to our church and her sister had come with her. And they were headed to where I thought, oh, I think I'm going to run into them right at the edge of the grass. And then as I'm getting closer, I realized that they also do not see that Cal is coming up the aisle to come get me to walk me down the aisle. So they, I think from their perspective, it looked like I was coming to greet them. <laughs> so I'm like, this might be weird. I don't know. I don't know what I should do right now. But then they say, oh, hi. Oh, we're so glad to be here. You know, and we, we don't know. Is there assigned seating? We, do we need to sit in a particular place? And I was like, I do know what I'm supposed to do right now. So then I was like, no, you can sit wherever you want. There's some seats here. There's some over there. Do you know which one? Where should we sit though? I was like, I would sit right here. This looks like a great row. Okay, I have to go now because Cal was there. And then they see Cal and they're like, oh, okay, bye. So then I went with Cal. But it was the perfect reminder of like, we're actually here trying to be hospitable. We are trying to throw a big fun party because Maggie and Taylor are getting married. And we want to be... Um, hospitable, not all caught up in our own emotions, where right. it totally derailed me from, I don't think I would have gotten crazy, but it was still was helpful of like, don't spend any time looking around to see if you're going to be having an emotional reaction. Like, just do your job. And then if you have one, it will be fine. But like, that's not what this is about, is cultivating a big feeling about I'm going down the aisle or whatever. It's actually about loving God and loving people, because that's like, what? Like, hello. And sometimes it seems like, well, and I have actually had this in the reverse where it's not, I'm not trying to cultivate a precious Mm -hmm. moment. I am actually cultivating a bitter moment where Mm -hmm. I have told this story again and again. Because I think you can do it both directions. Totally. Where you are narrating the scene. And if you are narrating a really special, sweet time and narrating all of the things that are happening and the way things are changing and this young man who's coming and he's different, you know, it could look like this person is interrupting your movie. Like, I'm writing the movie script and you're in the way. And, you know, likewise, to be having narrating the bad story. Do you want to know what happened? Do you know how many times I got up in the middle of the night? Do you know how hard it's been today? Let me tell you all the things and both cases is you telling a story to really amp up yep. you in the center, right? Oh, Where yeah, like, totally. If you can just deflect that and be a vessel and be like, okay, God, wh- what do you have for me right now? Is it a baby up in the middle of the night? Is it yep. sit- seating people on my way to yep, get walked down totally. the aisle? Is yep. it, you know, whatever the thing is right in front of you, you're yep. like, okay, Lord, let me be the kind of people who see the job you've given me. Yeah. And not need to write it with me being central. To no, totally. Like story. your feelings are, obviously they're there. And I've right. had very strong feelings about lots of it. But talking about being, you know, Sean, the three words Sean was saying about the hospitality are cheerful, generous, thankful. And that, when you keep those at the, at the forefront, it really does sort out a lot of the problems that you might be having because I also did have somewhere it you know you're like oh wait is this as special as I wanted it to be right and then I'm like oh what do yeah. not ask questions like this be thankful and be like look at all of the crazy blessings of all of the people and all of the things and um well and yeah. even like things like um hold on. 
the ice maker. Guys, we're at my house and there's youth retreat happening. So there's a lot of people coming in and out. It's fine. I That's am, just and what's I happening. I know you had told me this before. I am very much enjoying that they can't see in the window. Right. They can only see themselves. And so <laughs> there has been a parade of people checking their hair or their sunburn or whatever. No, they've just been super impressed with my hair. Uh-huh. Staring uh-huh. at it. Also watching the, the horde of boys... Finding their shirts and yep. checking yep. themselves out. <laughs> just stop Someone it. just did and then saw that we can see him. And, and was he got embarrassed. Now he's embarrassed. <laughs> That's, That's awkward. So That's good. great. <laughs> he's totally like, right? Okay. Okay, but my point about that was I think as a mom, you can do this very easily with your kids and get serious about all of the ways that you're trying to make life extra special for your kids mm-hmm. instead of just getting on with the oh, living yeah, of your yeah, life yeah. with extra special kids. Yeah. No, that, that, wait, can I tell another story? Am I talking too much? Cause then you have to talk cause it was your wedding too. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to tell this one story. Maggie can't keep track with all the opening and shutting of the door. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, just lock it. We'll, I, I we'll wrap totally, it in like ten minutes. Like, yeah. I totally can keep track. It's just my I'm adjusting to my whole new life now. And as a tough, I I reach points in the day where I don't take myself seriously, right. and I yeah. like it's so much stimulation. I can't. Yeah, it is, I can't handle the door like, opening right we now. We definitely have had a lot of these times where it's like, like what is going uh, on right now? I'm gonna hide. In a room for like five minutes. I'll, I'll be, be back. back. There I are promise. also those times. Then somebody will be like, "How are you doing?" And I'm like, uh, "Don't know. No. I'll let you know later." No, no, I think it's fine. <laughs> I don't think I should probably dig around and see how it is. <laughs> exactly. Okay, but the reverse of that, the there is this one time. It's like burned into our collective family's mind forever, where we were shopping for Easter shoes, and I felt. <laughs> Terrible. I was having insane amounts of pain. It was, and I hadn't started early enough because I never started early enough. And I'm like, because it was it actually Good Friday that we were shopping? Something like that. No, maybe Saturday. It was that close. And I'm like, we can't find shoes. So then we end up at Nordstrom Rec. And I have been texting Sean. You know, I'm like, I am about to cry. I can't even do this. This hurts so much, but we still don't have shoes. He's like, just get through Nordstrom Rack. You'll be fine. Hang in there. So I'm like, okay. So, you know, I'm like, I'm just going to get through Nordstrom Rack. The, the kids are like extra alive <laughs> and are like reading shoe boxes. And at some point I finally am like, guys, I just have to sit down. So now I'm sitting down in the aisle of a Nordstrom Rack in the shoe department. The men's department. The men's department, yes. Because Cal needed shoes, I think. And we'd found everybody else's. And they're like, what kind of name is Steve Madden? <laughs> Madden, are you getting Madden? And they're like yelling and having a huge fun time. And then Cal's like, what about these? Are these what you're looking for? I'm like, no, those are Chucka Boots. I don't want Chucka Boots. And he's like, Chucka Boots? Is that even a thing? I'm getting so Madden at you, I'm going to Chucka you out the window. And then they're dying <laughs> laughing. I am still sitting on the ground about to cry. Getting like, Madden. Yes, like, <laughs> like very quiet, very like, okay, could you guys just be a little quieter? Could you just turn it down a little? They're just whatever. So I'm like thinking this is the most nightmarish trip we've ever had. We get home. I'm like, oh, I can go to bed. Yay. So I go to bed and I didn't get out of fellowship with anybody, which was the main, that was the other thing Sean had texted me. Don't sin. Just don't. And if you do, ask for forgiveness right away and don't spend any time on that. So I was very glad about that. 
the next morning. So yeah, it must have been it Friday. Was Friday. Yeah, okay. We did go shopping. Yeah, because the next morning, Hallie is like, all the kids come out, and she's like, oh, "Can we go shopping again?" I was like, "No, I never go. I don't. No, I hate shopping." And she was like, "Why would you want to go shopping again?" And she was like, "Oh, we were just talking about that was the funnest shopping trip when we were at Nordstrom Rack. It was like our favorite day ever. It was so much fun." And I was like. How could that be your favorite? But this is the whole thing. God is the one that makes actually precious moments. Because the, the thing is, there are actually precious moments. Right. When Maggie, when you hugged at me before you guys left. With all the sprinkles in my hair. was an actually precious moment. Even though you were covered in sprinkles and had a dead fly and whatever. <laughs> um, he does give you those. But it's never on the terms that you think they should be. Amen. And if you can just chill out and stop making it all about yourself and um whatever he gives them to you all over and now that now whenever we go to Nordstrom Rec I am happy because I remember that God gave my kids an amazing gift when I couldn't give it Mm -hmm. like but my job if I had sinned if I'd freaked out it wouldn't be an amazing memory of Steve Madden and Chugga Boots it would be very terrible Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna and stop I, talking, and then I'll go quick because I think I have to get my babies, and then Megs, you go. But I have noticed I noticed this growing up, and then this is a sin I'm trying to kill in myself and typically fail at. But because um, I grew up riding horses, and I feel like um, if you want just a real big time exhibition of moms <laughs> trying to manufacture precious moments Ooh. for themselves through their children. Horse shows are just a great place to go um, because they're living vicariously a lot through their kids with what they themselves did not get to experience. And so one thing I've realized where I tend to guard what I think is a precious moment is where I am bitter about something mm, like yeah, that yeah. I did not get. And so it's like I'm trying to protect it almost and manufacture it then for my kids. Like, yeah. oh. well, I didn't get this yep. and I am still hurting about it. And so I want it so much for you. And it's usually really gross because then it's this Frankenstein creature of a thing that you're sort of (laughs) feeding under the table and could be what they don't even want. So something that you have lacked or something that you feel you missed out on or wasn't given to you. And I think all of that is rooted in unthankfulness and discontent and bitterness. And so I think as you're trying to kill that in yourself, I think that lets you let go of a lot more of those things for your kids, you know, like where it's like, Oh, I, cause you see it all the time. Oh, I never won anything growing up, I, and they just pour themselves into this kid to win, you know, a little league trophy or, Mm -hmm. and, and it's like for you to just be like, Lord, what you gave me as a child or as a young adult, that is exactly what I needed to be more like your son. Yep. Like that was perfectly packaged. Let me be super content with that and let all of it go. And then look at this kid as an individual and be like, well, what, what is the right thing for this kid in this moment? And to not carry any baggage and it's really hard. But, um, I think if you're continually working at just uh, joyful contentment, then it helps free up a lot of the precious moments manufacturing. Yeah. Line. Well, and it's so much, I think you're right on the head. I'm, I'm starting to see gratitude as like one of God's kindest, most massive bazooka weapons in the arsenal yeah, of how weighs. to fight your stuff. Like yep. how many things can be killed? How many sins can be killed if you are grateful for what you have, yeah. for what he's given you, for where you're at, for like, if you can actually be grateful for the hard thing that he just gave you, because you know, he's going to shape you through it. Like how much does that keep you from fussing and fighting about what it is that you're like, but I didn't want to 
to do that. And it's too hard. And, you know, quit it. I don't want it. You know, like it just, it's such a huge weapon in the arsenal. And I was just thinking the other day about the, you know, the nature of, and I guess if we go back to the plant analogy, like all the plants are doing different things to the glory of God. Like how fun is it to have seven huge poplars that are throwing shade all over the place except they don't have flowers so like yay for gladiolus that's the best that they yeah, shoot yeah, up yeah. and do awesome things you know what i mean like just being so glad and grateful for what god gave you and not trying to manufacture it no for somebody well, else and that's so much too because it ties in with the identity stuff too the wanting those special moments because that was one of the things when i was for, on the actual wedding day when i was like i don't know if i thought this part was going to go like this the the first thing that I thought was, hang on, let's, let's be thankful for whatever is happening. But then mm-hmm. also in that thankfulness, recognizing that God has given me a relationship with Maggie that nobody is in charge of. God is in charge of it. Like it doesn't matter. Even if we didn't have any um, special mother, daughter, whatever. I don't need, the thing is, this is the other part about it is I'm not good at it. I didn't even know what to anticipate I would care about. So it's, you know, you're like... Well, apparently I care about this, but um, seeing that he has given you something so much larger than just those moments. And so that's why, like, it needs to not be a checkbox of like, these are the 12 moments I was waiting for, you know, because like I was thinking about it, even with the photography, you do want a checklist. You need to have a checklist Mm -hmm. of which family members you want in a picture. But I was very struck by how much I need to not be doing that in the day of like, I want a special, I want a special look into Sean's eyes during part of the ceremony or I want to I want a special hug from Maggie at the right time or whatever like yep. you got one I did Yay! I did actually and <laughs> I was not having a checklist and I was, so and because God is the one that gives those to you and he gives them to you in weird ways a lot of the time the mm-hmm. times that you're not um expecting it and if you're going around being thankful it makes it awesome because then you also don't have to repent from some sin that the right moment reminds you of right then where you're like oh i'm being gross but that's what's so weird is that when so i've had i mean i've done enough photography now where people will give you a shot list that is incredibly extensive so it's like i almost to the detail of like i want a really meaningful picture of when he first sees me okay you're going to get that yeah if you're if a future husband is seeing his bride for the first time, yep. you don't have to manufacture that. Or, you know, I want the picture of all my bridesmaids looking so surprised and teary-eyed when they see me in my wedding dress. And that's right, because what you just did is you told your bridesmaids how they needed to right. be feeling. No, and what so a train wreck that could it's be. bad. And, I mean, the pictures can be aesthetically beautiful, but those days... I'm telling you now, if any of you are planning a wedding, those days <laughs> don't go well. I've nope. seen brides break down. Yeah. I've seen... All sorts of stress that was not present at Maggie's wedding has not been present at other weddings where they're open-handed. And it's like, we are here. We are with our family. Please just capture what's going on. Um, And, like, yes, we do want a picture with our great-grandmother. That's what she looks like. That is super helpful. I didn't know that there were more detailed (laughs) No, but that is the precious moments manufacturing of, like, looking out and being like, this is what I want the story to be. This is what I want it to look like. And they had Pinterest boards. They had extensive Pinterest boards. (laughs) Pinterest is really dangerous for wedding planning. I'm going to say that right now. Yep, for sure. I actually, when I realized how many girls had Pinterest boards from when they were really young of exactly what wedding things they like, and I don't think this is a problem for everyone. But when I realized that was a thing you could do, I quickly banned myself from ever doing that until I was actually engaged. Because I was like, I am not going to build such a 
detailed picture of exactly how my wedding is going to go with other people's wedding photos that then uh -huh. I can't handle it when my wedding day doesn't look like that. Mm -hmm. Because no, it no, right, right, yeah. Right, to be yeah. open to what God is going to give you at your wedding day. Like, Which is cause, more special. Yeah, yeah, because he's the one doing it. You should talk. So, okay. But talk loud. Oh, I'm good at talking loud. I'm your daughter. We didn't position the mic based on where you Would were Would you sitting. like me to sit closer yeah. to it like this? <laughs> Stand awkwardly the whole time. She's yeah. So. Um, well, on the actual wedding day, I don't think I had that any, like, temptations to that. But I think it's because I tend to work in extremes. So I'm either, like, really, really, really the worst at something, or I'm pretty, like... I'm much better at it. You are either the chillest or super worked up about a very strange small detail. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> I am also very much a sentimentally emotional person, Like unlike mom. I don't need any help identifying when the last of things are. I'm like, this is my last small moment here, and this is my last small moment here. And mom's like, how do you know that? <laughs> like, because I've been paying attention. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so I don't need help noticing those things. And if I am not being grateful, like, outwardly and inwardly, um, then I can freak out about it not going exactly how I was imagining it going. But if I'm just thankful, then I find way more sentiment, like the good emotional mm -hmm. things everywhere. Because then they don't have to be as big as I planned them in my head. Because I'm, it, it's being easily pleased. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, that's a good phrase too. I don't, yeah. it didn't matter to me that the fly was stuck in my vessel. Yeah, my dress was way more pretty than I was imagining. Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. I didn't care that the <laughs> that the paper was falling out of the display by the time I got up. There. <laughs> I was, I went, oh, what's happening? And then I went, it looks like sprinkles or confetti. That's so I was like, when I got up there, I was like, this is perfect. Yeah, right? perfect. And so that that didn't cause me any major freak out, but I. It's because I have to be on guard for that my whole life, mm -hmm. I think. It's not just at special occasions. And special occasions, in some ways, are actually easier for me to deal with because they are so big. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like it's easier to pray during a really, really hard situation than it is to remember to pray during a normal situation where you're like, if it's really big, I remember right. easily. No, I'm not. I can't be really grabby about that. But if it's... Like, I had more problems, I think, making decisions for wedding planning. Not because I needed it to look exactly how it was, but because if the situation when the person was asking me the question wasn't how I imagined easily being able to answer questions, then I felt... Panicked, I think is the <laughs> word I would choose, <laughs> which wasn't helpful. But I didn't. I wanted everyone to have fun. Mm -hmm. so yeah. I just imagined what the character in the story that I would want to be would do, and then I was like that. Well, and I feel mm -hmm. like that it, that 
was it was because I actually didn't even see you that much on the actual wedding day because yeah. there's just like, it's a like lot the of father things. of the bride. It is, yeah, where you're like, oh yeah, there's actually a lot of stuff to do. But I loved hearing from Aaron and other people who were seeing you, um, how you were doing, you know, because because as I kept running into different temptations, I was like, I'm gonna pray for Maggie. I hope it's going good for Maggie. But also, some of it was just it's so overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. That then it's like. Well, and that's the part that whatever we, it yeah I feel like. The thing that helped that I saw from that was that the preparation you're whatever it's not preparation whatever you're doing with your girls right now however old they are is preparation for how they're going to handle their wedding day because mm-hmm. then it was like oh right of course she's like when I heard her hear specifics I was like well of course that's what Maggie would have done in that situation and then I'm like oh right because we actually we were practicing hey there's your husband um, yeah he uh, just got off of work but. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. there's a lot of that where, because you are practicing all the time all for the time. those big things. And that was the part, too, that was striking with the temptations. I was like, oh, I know what to do with this. This is, like, not, because sometimes you get nervous that it's going to be something you don't know how to handle. Like, yeah. what if it's a brand new thing and I don't know right. what to do? Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking, you know, having young girls and practicing all the time, I was thinking one of the ways that over the years we've dealt with precious things because you know any sort of creation that you've made you feel extra special about (laughs) and so you get a thousand pieces of paper that are like extra special and even handling some of those things like not reflecting their desire for it to be extra special yeah and you know just some of that we're like helping them see that life is a whole lot of moments crammed together it's not a ton of snapshots that were perfect. It's no, a lot of going you somewhere. You can't you can't hold on to any of it. Nope. Like it's way too because the thing is like the feelings that you're having, I can now tell you this, the feelings that you're having when your oldest child is getting married, they're way there's no there won't be a picture. Yeah. From any of the pictures, no matter how good of a job you guys did, and I know it was a good job because I've already seen some also, of them. You posted like ten photos. I know that are amazing. That are all right. And like I I love them, and they're like a little tiny percentage of the feeling you have of thankfulness to God and love for your people. Because it's not just it's not just the people getting married. It's the people who are all around you. It's like it's an insane amount of um, feeling that you can't ever hold on yeah. to that. And so it's good. I, I feel like I wish I had understood that earlier that you can't hold them. They're, they're too big. They're going to mm-hmm. keep getting away from you no matter what you try to save from it or whatever. And it's not, you can obviously save keepsakes from things, but yeah, they won't, they won't be enough. Right. It's not ever enough. It's not ever enough. Well, <laughs> no, that's funny. I feel like we've locked the people out too long. We're going to actually, we're doing pretty good. Good job. Us. Yeah. We're locked out for like 20 minutes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Hi. Do you need We're podcasting. Oh, sorry. Daphne's on the podcast. Although I feel better because she's the only one that didn't come in and say goodnight to me last night. So I feel like, okay, we've evened things out. I had my special moment with Daphne, guys. Don't worry. It's probably because your first youth retreat at your own house. Right. You might want to be like... Yeah. Goodbye, parents. Uh huh. No, t- you know what's funny about the the making <laughs> precious moments? What what were you saying? Not fact. Re- manufacturing. Manufacturing. Yeah. yeah. Um. That because yesterday when I dropped Hallie off, I was like, um, okay, I love you. Okay, bye. And then I was leaving, and I. Cal is we're getting more weird people through the yeah, window. Cal is 
it has his fingers scotch taped oh. together. It looks like with paper. I don't know what that's about, but the, um, but I told, as I was driving away, I had that thought of, wait, did I make that goodbye special enough? Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, what? Just drive. Like, it's right. so stupid. Like, just, cause here's the thing that matters there. Hallie is not going to remember her drop off from now that I said that though, she will, but the, <laughs> uh, the thing that matters is, does she know that I love her? Like right. that, that does matter. And if you're somebody that's not saying that enough, you should get as many of those in as you can and be ruthless about it. But Otherwise, it's okay. Like, Be ruthless it's a, about like, your love. <laughs> Expose your love ruthlessly. Tell your children. Well, and for those of us who are sentimental, to not like, I don't know, judge an event or judge an interaction by how it made us yeah. feel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just be like, because there have been times, I think, that I've walked away from what should have been a very significant moment and been like, mm. well... Flatline. That was a flatline. <laughs> yeah. But but to be like, but this is my, but it is all part of physical life that is glorious and being sacrificed even for the Lord, and it's building into something much greater. You know, it's not like so the girls and I are working on making little resin hair clips. Anyway, it's their new project. That's fun. So like, but like, resin so cool. resin is really cool. But like, so we're drying these flowers, and you're putting in resin and making these cool hair clips, and they are beautiful. But I'm like, that is my tendency is to be like. Here's my little moment. Yeah, Let's yeah, yeah. dry it yeah. and seal it in resin and to not be willing and then just keep it there. And that's not how God goes. Yeah. God goes with like really messy God, gardens that are not God encased blows in anything. all the papers out of your wedding display. Right. So yeah. They're all over the ground. Like he scatters the <laughs> seeds everywhere. And I think you have to like fight the temptation to be like, here's my sealed perfect moment. And to be like, no, this is a gloriously messy garden with seeds blowing everywhere and weeds that I need to pull and like, and be okay with the movement and the mess of life and not feel this need to constantly sort of enshrine into some museum. And I think what you were saying about um, uh, judging an event based off of how the other people made you feel, uh, the way that that I fixed that is, I was thinking about like choosing the wedding dress mom. Uh, One of the main things that I thought about when I was picking from the options for my dress was how I would have felt as a four-year-old girl if I had gone to my own wedding. So, like, not thinking about the decorations and the dresses and the colors and the food as exactly how I wanted it to make me feel. Because, honestly, I experienced very little of it. Because I was busy. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, your own wedding is, like, Mm -hmm. a blur. But thinking about how I wanted everyone else to enjoy the wedding and like how fun I could make it for them like as a little girl if I had gone to my own wedding I think I would have been delighted other than the fact that I would have been weirded out that I was marrying Taylor (laughs) (laughs) that would have come as a shock I was like no never mind that guy not gonna grow up No, well, even your, you picking out a wedding dress had a bunch of that for me as well. Mm-hmm. And it was the same kind of thing where you're like, wait a second, is this about what I feel or is this about finding the right dress and prioritizing in that moment? Not, not just how Maggie feels. It's not about Maggie's feelings like that. But, but yes, when you're is. prioritizing <laughs> the other people, when everybody is prioritizing everybody else's yeah. feelings... This is where all the good stuff comes from. Yeah, because it's like you're looking how to delight them. And I feel like that was a big part. I I liked that, that Maggie was like one of the things with having the pig, like a 
nasty dead pig right there to eat. Dead cooked. It doesn't right. make, when Don't you say worry. dead, it makes it seem like it's just a dead pig. We just but pulled it off the side of the road pig. one time. My fourth grade boys would Best love pig this. ever. Totally. Well, mm-hmm. that was when Maggie was like, I think the little boys would love that. I was like, I love that you're making sure they're having fun too, because generally, this should be... When you take that picture, send it to me because that can be our oh yeah guys podcast I'm photo. Taking the but photo, is it the right? dinner assembly group? Yeah, yes, it's quite quite a group of people out here. Yes. If you're late to dinner, Andy you do a special song. This is Hallie has been very concerned about this. Well, because well, we have Tara to a and song? I were two minutes late to dinner last year, and we had to stand up there and dance to a song yeah. while Dad well, and Sar sang. This no, actually this is relevant to the podcast. Yeah, I. This is actually really funny because I was like, okay, Hallie, let's practice how you would handle it. If you had to get up and sing, I'm a little teapot. And I said, you know, actually, who's a really good example of this? I want you to think about Mrs. Pekinas. What would Mrs. Pekinas do in that circumstance? <laughs> she would sing and a squirrel song. She, yeah, Hallie, <laughs> Hallie was like, oh, Mrs. Pekinas is so good at looking stupid. I was, <laughs> I was like, that's a funny quote out of context. She totally was like, she would just sing it. She would just totally get into it. I was like, yes, be good at looking Uh, stupid. So (laughs) I'm glad to lead the way in looking stupid, guys. You're welcome. I'm like, that can be your tagline. If you had a Twitter, that could be your Twitter bio. Really good. good. I do. Oh, make that your Twitter bio. Why why am I not following you? I don't know. Okay, I got I think it. I'm following you're you. on Twitter. What's yeah, you know, I never, I don't go on also, anything anymore. Yeah. I'm like, what's happening? I got it because I thought it would make me more connected, but now I realize my capacity of connectivity does it's, not extend no, very, to the Twitterverse. It's very hard, especially when you have kids. I feel like there's so much happening right in front of you. Oh man, it's you're like, like how do know. I care about what Joe Biden no. did? I don't know. It doesn't even <laughs> matter because for, who's like making dinner? To stop sending me money about my kids. Uh, I'm like, this is right. gross. Let's not do this. Yeah. It'll um, take you 25 minutes on the website. That's a divergent point. Sorry, right. Oh, you can? You can stop it, though? you got to tell me about this. I will tell okay, you about okay. it. Okay, great. The, the money that they're sending us for our children, which but, I'm like... No okay, problem. here's the thing. I will include this on the podcast because yeah, there are some things that make me really mad. This is one of them. So in order to get onto the IRS website, you have to scan in your photo, a photo ID, which I'm like, the irony of this right now. So I, I tried both my passport and my driver's license, and it pairs with your phone's camera, which, fine. And like, I tried this 25 times. I'm not kidding you between the two documents. And each time it said, I'm sorry, we cannot recognize this document. So you cannot enter. And I'm like, do you understand the irony of the fact that you are not letting me get onto the IRS website with my own ID in order to deny the government giving me money? (laughs) (laughs) But voter repression. Anyway, that's all I got. So no, it's so it is. It made me feel sick to my stomach. I was like, do not give me this money. They're like... Pay, they are enslaving because then you're the like this is where all of these signs come from in the stores that say now hiring twenty dollars an hour and I'm no. like how are you not finding anybody for twenty I would work for twenty dollars right I'm like I could use that money yeah but you're it's so it's so crazy it, it's but I didn't know you can opt out so you I'm can. gonna get on there and opt out of that because I'm like no except then I'm also kind of like. Well, are you actually going to completely tank the country? Because if so, maybe we should set this aside and buy a bunch of property. That is also mine. Where I'm like, well, if you're going to, either you're giving it to me now or you're giving it to me on my tax return. Okay, fine. But like, oh, they're still going to give it to you on the tax return. So so it's it's half of what, so it's half of the child tax credit 
Okay. It's up to half of it that you would already be getting on your tax refund. So it's not stimulus money. It's basically they're taking what you would get for each child having it and spreading it out over six okay. months. That's which better, but they totally still shouldn't do that because it makes you accustomed yes. to the government paying for yeah, your... Right. No, it's totally... On the team. I'm like, this yeah, is yeah. proving oh, bad anyway. news. It really is not a good deal. No. Okay, well, that's a really weird end of the podcast. That was tax advice. Yeah. We need Great a tax station. <laughs> Read Flannery O'Connor. Don't be fussy on your wedding day and don't accept money from, from the government. government. Also, go plant sunflowers. Yes, totally. <laughs> and break a few just for funsies. <laughs> they still grow. Okay, all right, everybody. All right. Bye. Bye.